0: Okay. (laughs) Yes. Yes. No shiners for me, thank you. Yes, I'll I'll try and act normal. I'm not sure what normal is though. There's no such thing as normal in ignition, right? But uh, no, praise God for this new microphone. Um, Hopefully, it will. I mean, it already gives so much more sound and depth and sound. Hopefully you'll be able to hear. But... Um, huh. I think we have a few things this morning that are going to be a little different. Um, he, he has given me uh, a thought to share, um, specifically from a dream. And then he, he gave me that last night, and then this morning... He gives me this other thing. And I thought, okay, well, he's done that a million times where it replaced what I thought. But it, it doesn't replace it. So I'm not sure how he's going to weave them together, but we'll see. We'll see what he does. Because um, I, I do know that, uh, that today will be a little different. So let's pray. Father, we worship you. We praise you, Lord. I give you my tongue. I give you my will. I give you every part of me, God, to use as you desire. And Father, I know I echo that with the hearts of the people here. We just seek you. We seek you in your kingdom. Father, not where we're stuck in here, but where you sit. We love you, and we pray your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. I had a dream, uh, I don't know, three nights ago or something like that, can't remember, um, a few nights ago, and it's been interesting because my dreams have been, like in the past, I, I very rarely remember my dreams, right, and if I remember a dream, it's usually like like a movie I've watched a thousand times, I remember it forever, and it's so crystal clear, and and, uh, and now they're few and far between, but when, when I've been given a dream, it's been significant. Okay. But I've noticed the last, I'm gonna say few weeks, that it's been changing. And, and it's really interesting to me because I've been asking the Lord to remember my dreams. <coughs> so maybe what I should have asked is that He gives me more significant ones. <laughs> because now I'm starting to remember dreams that, you know, some dreams just I don't know if it's just uh, excess stuff in your in your brain that just kind of goes somewhere, you know, in your dream. I don't know. I, I I'm not a dream interpreter or anything, but uh, um, but he has been allowing me to remember more dreams, and there have been several that have been very significant for me. Now, this one I'm going to tell you. Um, is I'm telling it to you because it was for me, but it applies to each of us. Okay. And this, this is, this is a word he laid on my heart last night that, that was really important for each of us. And, and I'll tell you why. Let me, let me tell you the dream first, then I'll tell you the significance of how it applies. It was a short dream. Um, I was on a bicycle and, uh, I was writing in a development, okay? And, and it didn't look specific like a, a place I grew up in or anything like that. It was, it was just development. Very, very, um vanilla, I suppose. If, if you want to call it that. But, you know how, how a lot of developments will have a community building? They'll have like a pool and a community house and, you know, whatever. Well, this, this had one of those. Um, I was riding in the development and I rode into, which I now that I think about it is probably rude to ride your bike into the house, but I rode into this community building, whatever it was. And it was about the size, it wasn't big, it was about this size actually, maybe maybe a little bit bigger than this. But I rode in there and I'm riding my, I had a 10 speed, and I'm riding it in there and and I saw these kids that were in there, and they were, I assumed they were playing, but they were putting up sheets, kind of making a fort. You know how you made a fort when you were a little kid? Except they, they weren't like putting it over things. They're, they're hanging it almost like a wall. And immediately I knew in my spirit what they were trying to do was hide. And so I thought, okay, all i got to do is ride around it. And so I rode around it. And and I looked at him and as I rode out the door I just waved and said, I see you. And I and I went out. And then I go outside and I go out to the road and and there's this lady here, or it, it might have been the parking lot, there's this lady here, didn't recognize her or anything. Um, her window was rolled down and I pulled up to her and I said I asked her how to get out of the development. How do I get out of here? I think is what I said. And she didn't say anything, she just pointed. She just pointed a direction. And so, thank you, and I went on on my way. So, I I I rode my bike to get out of the development, and then I find myself on this road. And I mean, it's a paved road, nice road. Um and for the rest of the dream, except for what I just saw, the rest of the dream, there were no other well no there was one more interaction but but I didn't see peripheral people. You know sometimes in your dream you you it's like you're walking down the street you see peripheral people. There was nobody. It was there was nobody around at all. Um so I'm on this road and and, and I'm riding on this road a, a direction um and then I look down to my right and I see another road. But it's almost like down a real steep hill. I mean almost a cliff but not not quite a cliff. But it was a real steep hill, and, and I'm, I don't know how far. I'm going to say 80 yards, 100 yards maybe. It was down this hill, and it was another road parallel to the road that I was on. And it was a nice road, but it was right next to the ocean. And it wasn't, um, there wasn't anything significant about that road to this road except for the fact that I knew I needed to be on that road. Right? I don't know why. I just knew I needed to be down there. And so as I'm riding on this road, I stop and the Lord gives me, it looked like a watch, but it wasn't a watch. (laughs) This could sound really strange. I put it on like a watch, but it was almost like a breakfast sandwich. Does that sound weird? I know. It, It was, it was, but I put it on my right wrist, which is odd because I, I wear my, my, my watch on my left but he had me put it on my right wrist and it looked like it had a band but the whole thing was edible right had a band <laughs> no at the time I wasn't fasting I am now so it's making me hungry but um, but anyway so it, it had a band it was all white except for the breakfast sandwich part of it looked like it was you, you ever eat those McDonald's ones that are the crumbly kind. Oh yeah. That's what it was. And I thought this could crumble if I put it on. But it didn't. Go figure. I don't know. But it but it, it looked like these these two buns with a sausage patty in the middle. And and the Lord gave this to me and it was going to sustain me. And as soon as I got it on this looked like a human, but I knew it wasn't a human, um, came and tried to grab it from me. And I pulled my arm back and I said no, and I, I, I think I shoot him away or smacked him or something. But I knew he wasn't human, okay? So anyway, so then I'm sitting here, I have my food watch, I have my 10 speed that is literally not built for what I'm about to do. I looked down and I knew I needed to be down there. And the Lord said, just trust me. I said, okay. And I turned to go down. That's when I woke up. And I sent it out to four people. The Lord gave me an interpretation right away. I mean, of, of literally the whole thing and even the beyond because he gave me an interpretation of what that was and what would happen and everything else, so it was beyond. But the, the four that I got back were, were like spot on to what the Lord had given me. And But each one of them stopped, because that's all I gave them, I suppose. Well, that's all the dream was. But they stopped right at that point when I was about to go. And the one thing that I want to share with you, as far as the interpretation, it was three phases of my life. And I'm going to share why this is important to you here in a second. The first phase of my life was in that development. As a Christian, I was like those little kids. I was hiding from the Holy Spirit. Putting up sheets, right? The veil that's been torn no longer needs to be there. But they were putting up sheets to hide. That was me for the majority of my Christian walk. But the funny part is, the Holy Spirit sees you regardless, right? Okay, but then when I walked outside, the woman represented the Holy Spirit. Because, see, there was a point in my life about five, six years ago where I recognized that I wasn't getting everything that God had to offer In relationship. Right? And I said, Lord, Lord, take me to that place of intimacy with you. And, and that's literally me asking, how do I get out of this development? And the Holy Spirit is gracious as He is. See, He doesn't give you a blueprint. He just points. And it's like the Holy Spirit just points you to Jesus Christ. That's what He does. And so it wasn't hard to get out of the development. It was easy. It was super easy. I got out and I'm on this road. And that's the road that I've been on. That road is intimacy with Jesus Christ. It's not a bad road. It's not a bad road at all. It was awesome. The view was great. It was beautiful. It was enjoyable. You know, I spent... I think it was seven or eight years in Southern California. And that's what it reminded me of. Just that cool breeze coming off the ocean. You know, you're hitting mid-70s to high 70s. And 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 it's just in the cool of the day. And you see a sunset and you're just riding. So I was enjoying that. And that's where I'm at right now. See, but that's not where God wants me to be. He wants me down on that road. Now what's the difference between this road that I'm on and that road? I can tell you what it is for me. And I can tell you that it's the specific power of His calling. It's not that I don't have the filling of the Holy Spirit and that road represents the filling of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of his calling on my life that is an extraordinary calling. A calling that requires absolute faith. Now see, I could stay on the road that I'm on and I'd be happy. I'd be fulfilled. I'd have joy. I'd have a cool sunset view and a breakfast sandwich. Well, no, the breakfast sandwich was to get me down the hill. Right? I'd have those things, but what I wouldn't have is his perfect will. His perfect plan. And and see, down on that road is all the promises he's given us. Down on that road is where he promised that I would have a global ministry, that we all would have a global ministry. Down on that road is where Carson is healed. Down on that road is where we step without seeing and trust. And we see the miraculous. Now see, I asked him, because when he gave me the interpretation afterwards when I was awake, that's, that, that's what that, how I know what that breakfast sandwich was. Which is funny, cause by the way, I really love those. Those McDonald's ones are so good, but it's like one bite, then they all crumble. And that's what I said to him. I said, but why didn't you give me like one that doesn't crumble? And he said, it won't crumble. But it's what you like. But he said, that's what you need to get to the bottom because if you could see the bottom you could see okay this is not what you would take a bike on Uh, especially not a 10 speed (laughs) I mean you might try a mountain bike down it but even that you'd really be a fool because you know it's like this and there are boulders there are bushes there are trees there are everything all the way down but this is the key And this is why I wanted to share it with you, because I asked him why. This is the first dream that I've been alone on a bicycle, right? Usually I'm in a car. Usually I'm with others. Might be in a train, might be in a boat, might be in a bus, whatever, but it's usually with other people. And he told me you're on a bicycle because this you have to do by yourself. Not with other people. But you have to trust me because you're going to be standing there by yourself. Only with him. And what he told me is that applies to each one of us. It's unique to me because it was my dream. But the same plan applies to each one of us. See, we've talked about the fact that that each one of us has this particular puzzle piece that we fit into a grander picture. See, it's my responsibility to fill out that puzzle piece according to his will and as he wants. You can't help me with that. I can't help you with yours. I can't help you with saying yes I mean, boy, it would be so much easier if I could. <laughs> right? But I can't. And, and the thing that just hit me so heavy last night, and really, I know this is kind of preaching to the choir, but this applies in such a grander scale to the bride. How such a large percentage of the bride just goes off someone else's dreams. Right, they're, they're not recognizing the fact that they have that same calling. They have that same cliff hill, whatever you want to call it, that they have to go down, trusting fully in the Holy Spirit if they want the best. But see, the majority of the church, it stays up on that hill. It stays on that easy, easy road. And, and by the way, that, that's the majority of the church that we know. Because in all truthfulness, the majority of the church is still in that development. Is still in that building, putting up sheets, hiding from the Holy Spirit. Or thinking that they're hiding from the Holy Spirit. So see, this dream may have been mine but it applies to each one of us. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 139, and you all know this this chapter. But I just want to read a, a few verses in it. We're going to start at verse 13 of 139. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. when as yet there was none of them, hmm. how precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, there are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. I just want to go back and read. Your eyes, verse sixteen. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when as yet, none of them existed. Before I ever existed, he knew every day that I would spend on this earth, and it wasn't left up to chance, right? He wrote, what did he write in his book? Did he write that, oh, this one's going to screw up here, and... And yeah, they're going to go off the deep end and, and then everything's going to go bad. Do you, do you really think he would write that in his book? No, see, his book were his plans for you. Plans, by the way, that nobody could mess up except you. We're the only ones that can mess up our book. We're the only ones that can mess up God's plans for our life. Nobody else can. But we can. That's why when we talk about giving God your yes, it's, it's Lord, I want, I want the book that you wrote for me. Take my life, compare it to what you had planned for my life and somehow get me there. See, that's what he does when you're on that road. I mean, that's what he's, he did even in the first part. Even me recognizing that I was hiding from the Holy Spirit. And I was sitting in this development, just playing fort. It was by saying, yes, Lord, not knowing what that meant, but saying, I want your book. I want what you wrote for me. I want your plans for me. And so he did. Now God doesn't just pick you up, and place you in the ultimate plan. Why? Because there's so much preparation. Who I was sitting in that development compared to who I need to be down next to the ocean are two different people. And it's the same with you. If He were to have put me there right away, I wouldn't be ready. He would be ready. I wouldn't be ready. Because I wouldn't understand. What wouldn't I understand? I wouldn't understand His love. Because that's what He's had to teach me. He's had to teach me the faith it takes to recognize His love. The faith it takes to recognize that His love is immeasurable. That's complete. And without understanding his love, I wouldn't be able to even aim that 10 speed to go off that cliff. Without knowing his love, I wouldn't have known to pull down those sheets and recognize that there is a whole lot more world out there. That his kingdom is not locked up inside those sheep forts. But His kingdom is vast and amazing. And it's unique in what He wants me to do in it. Just like it is unique in what He wants you to do in it. So see, if you don't fulfill your puzzle piece, then that puzzle piece has to be replaced. Do you see? It's not that God is going to Change his plan. Because you are not doing what you're supposed to do. He will find somebody that will fit that puzzle piece. And I don't say that as a threat. Not at all. I say that in the fact that we... We serve a mighty God that has His purpose that will be done. We can make choices for our own life, but praise God, my choice would not affect His plan. I mean, it might affect His plan for me. If if, if, if I'm asking Him this or, or doing this and saying, how about we do this, I don't know. I mean, he gives us choices. He, he teaches us in different ways. I'm not saying that, that things would have been different if I, if I would have, you know, gone to school for something else or bought a different car than the one that is now in the shop. (laughs) Right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about ultimately where he wants you to be and what he wants to teach you, but it takes absolute faith. Now, he promises to sustain you through it. That's what that watchburger was. (laughs) Whatever it was. But it was the sustaining power of the Holy Spirit. See, God is about to take us to the edge of the cliff. If we're not there already. And he's asking you to put on your sustaining band of the Holy Spirit. Because, see, and this is just what hits me so hard. Some of you aren't going to be ready for it. And for a long time, God's waited. He's waited because he needs people ready. But he's not waiting anymore. He's not waiting anymore because there are too many people that need what he's about to do. So that's why I say that that dream may have been my dream, but it applies to each one of us because each one of us have to recognize that you play a part, that you play a significant part. And don't be distracted by what this world does. Don't be distracted by your job. Don't be distracted by schooling. I'm not saying don't work. I'm not saying don't go to school. I'm saying don't be distracted by it. Don't be distracted by when the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know he's going to do that. That's his nature. He's going to do that. That shouldn't be a surprise. Don't be distracted by it. Like when that person, whatever, I knew it wasn't a human, but when he came up to try and take my watch. I could have been distracted and got into a conversation with him. Don't be distracted. Know your calling. And if you don't know your calling, just say yes. By the way, do you know, you don't have to know everything that the Lord's about to do. Wow, that, by the way, that's a bombshell. If you didn't know it, that's a bombshell right there on the bride. Because what is the one thing the bride feels that they need to know? Everything. Everything, exactly. We, we don't, we don't take a step until we know the next step. We don't take a step unless we know, well, a hundred steps down the line, we know we'll be able to, to, to do this. And, and so, okay, God, I know you're, I know you're calling us to get this building. And so, um, we got to figure out, you know, at least the first 50, 60% of it. And, and then we'll move forward because we have to feel better about controlling. You know, when you kind of explain it that way, it seems silly, right? Doesn't it? It seems silly. It seems kind of like a bunch of little kids putting up fort sheets, doesn't it? Making their little world controllable. Where they don't have to worry about everything outside. Right? The big bad outside world That's gonna come in and gonna ruin your little church. Shame on them. Shame on them. Now you could flip it the other way too. And say, no, we're, we're a church that brings in the world. We, we want the world. We, we in fact market to the world. Okay. Awesome, I guess. But you're just as bad, but on the flip side. You're missing the whole point. If you want to market, market mark it to Jesus. Say, Jesus, hey, come, come. We're sending out a flyer. Jesus, come. Come be with us. We're here every day. Come be with us, Holy Spirit. And do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you want to do. If you want to bring in the world, bring in the world. That's awesome. I love the fact that Half the ladies at the ladies' conference this year were bikers. That's awesome to me. That's awesome to me. See, but you can't manipulate what you think God wants to do in your life. You've just got to say yes. And you've just got to be willing to step and I mean, I would imagine when I went off that cliff, I'm not going to see a whole lot. I'm going to be too busy holding on to the steering wheel. And, and I don't think it'd be very long of a ride, because even if I fell, I'd keep going. <laughs> so, so you figure, you know, to go 80 yards or so down like that, you're, you're maybe talking 15 seconds. You know, it it just depends on your faith as to how beat up you're going to be on the way down. I mean, it's funny because I think in my mind right now, okay, well, Lord, if you want real trust, then let me back up about 30 yards and get going to a good speed (laughs) and just fly. Which would be so much less bumpy on the way down as long as he landed me okay. You know what? Maybe that's what he wants to do. Do you think you're not in his hands? Do you think he wants you to experience all these negative things? No, what he wants you to do is he wants you to see that you have power to face those things. And I'm reminded of, of Peter and John and Paul and Barnabas and, and all these. New Testament saints that would go into these insane situations. You know, Paul and Silas going into prison after being beaten. And what they do, they sang. They sang. They, they sang hymns. They praised. They worshipped the Lord. I'm not sure what that would take to get your mind off of That level of physical pain. Especially the fact that it was unlawful for them to even be there. Right? Paul was a Roman citizen. It was unlawful for them to do what they did to him. But, he knew. He knew God had a plan in it. He knew he had a plan in it. So what does it take for us to just say yes to no matter what? Not look at what's in front of us, but just hold on to the handlebars. Say yes. It takes faith. It takes a level of faith. So when he builds your faith, when he takes you through something that he's promised to bring you through. And you're hitting turmoil in the middle of it. That's where your faith is exercised. If you don't pass that test, you're not going to move on. Anybody have super glue? Yes, yeah, staple. Thank you so much. I got to figure out how this thing's supposed to stay on. But. You know, when you're in the process of him building faith, it's going to be tested, guaranteed. And many of you, I'm sure, are being tested even right now. So what's it going to take to pass that test? It's going to take believing in what he promised you. No matter what it looks like, believing in what he promised you. Right, And then holding on to the handlebars and say, I trust you. You told me that you would always provide for me. I trust you. I don't know where you're at right now. But see, those faith challenges are critical. You'll never get to the edge of the cliff... If you don't allow him to build your faith in the process. See, I had to have my faith built to even recognize that I had walls up. I had to have my faith built to recognize that I could get out of the development. I had to allow him to build my faith to even recognize that I was supposed to be on that other road. And see, I don't know how. It's not in my strength to get there, but I have to have faith in recognizing He provides everything for me to get there. In other words, I'm not going to go down that hill and get all beat up. I'm going to land on that road just like God wants me to. And whatever that looks like, doesn't matter to me it certainly doesn't matter and i i I thought it was interesting that i could i couldn't understand why there was no other people in the dream right because usually in my dreams there's a lot of peripheral people and there were none and literally he he just told me just now the reason why is because i can't care about what they think See, I can't care what the other people are going to think because every one of them's going to look at me and go, don't jump. You, you won't survive that. Don't jump. Don't jump. It makes no sense. No, keep going down the road you're going because maybe eventually you'll find a path. Maybe eventually the road will come closer to where it's easier to get down to that road. Do you have those voices in your life? telling you to just keep where you're at, you're fine, you're good. But yet the Lord's telling you, no, no, you, dude, you need to be down here. Trust him, trust him. That's all I have for that. But what what I want to do the rest of the service, we're going to pray for the team going to Nigeria, but the Lord told me to do something else this morning, I know this isn't our normal communion Sunday, but we're going to have communion, if you could get the communion cups out, and I know next Sunday is communion Sunday, you're still going to do it again next Sunday, it doesn't change that, this is extra, Hmm? we're doing it every day in Nigeria, yeah, yeah, we're bringing communion cups with us to do it every day in Nigeria. But I want to read. We're going to do communion, and then right after communion, Wendy, um, if you can, I'm going to have you come up, and then uh, have you and and the other two elders pray, um, and wh- whatever, however the Lord leads you. But uh, um, but before we do communion, and I'll, I'll keep. Once we get to that part, we'll go ahead and and take it offline and off the podcast um, because people won't know what we're doing anyways Um, but before we take it offline and take it off the podcast I do want to go through what the Lord gave me for this communion I want you to turn to Isaiah 53 I'm going to read beginning in verse 1 I want you to recognize that this Chapter is talking about it's a a prophecy of Jesus, and it's talking about what the Messiah would undergo. Okay, let's begin at verse one: Who has believed what he has heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. I'm just going to finish the chapter. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. Wow. Let me read that again. This is talking about Jesus, guys. Yet it was the will of the Lord, or the will of the Father, to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. By the way, the offspring, there is not a physical offspring. It is that he is the first of the resurrected. Right? The Bible calls him the the first resurrection. His offspring are those resurrected after him. We are his offspring. And was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many. And makes intercession. For the transgressors. See this is a picture of what Jesus did for us on the cross. But he wants us to understand in communion. The power of communion. See the power of communion is remembrance. The power of communion is faith. The power isn't in the little juice and the little wafer, which I'm pretty sure is not actual food. I, <laughs> I've been doing it every day and I'm thinking, is this healthy for me? Because it just tastes, I, I think it's styrofoam, but I'm not positive. <laughs> Thank you. The power is not in the juice. The power is not in the wafer. Those are symbolic. The power is in the faith of who He is. His power is not determined by your faith. His power affecting your lives is determined by your faith. Do you see the difference? See, Jesus is all-powerful. He's the name above all names. He's been lifted high above everyone else. Right? His power doesn't change, but He's given you free will. So His effect on you is up to you. That's where the effect of His power can change. But recognize what... what. What this is, taking this cup, taking this wafer, it is remembering what He did for us. It's recognizing the payment that He paid for our transgression. But then it's also forward believing that He's coming again. And not just in His second coming, But it's forward believing that he'll do his will in your life when you say yes. That all you have to do is say yes. All you have to do is step in him. Let him build your faith. Step in faith. Trust him when it doesn't make sense. As long as you know it's him. And by the way, don't assume that he will tell you things that only make sense. Well, I went down a totally wrong path if that's the case. But it's not the case. In fact, he will tell you things that don't make sense. Literally, to get you to trust him. What do you think he meant when he, he, he told, uh, the, the, the Hebrews, the Jews, about eating of his flesh and drinking of his blood? He said, if you don't do that, You have no part in me. He could have explained that. He could have said, look, we're we're not talking about you coming up and chomping on my arm. Right? We're we're talking about you're going to eventually, you know, 2,000 years from now, take this little styrofoam wafer. (laughs) Okay, he could have explained all that. But he didn't. You ever wonder why? Jesus, you just would have kept the crowds there if you would have just explained to them. He said, I'm not looking for the crowds. He said, I'm looking for that one that has faith to say yes, even if it didn't make sense. Because he knew it was me. And that's what he's looking for right now. He's looking for that one. He's looking in your life to say, are you going to trust me when it doesn't make sense? Are you still going to plan to go to Nigeria when you don't have your travel voucher? And just trust me. Get your family praying with you. See, I don't know what we're going to face in Nigeria, but I know it's going to be crazy. Because he has told us we can't plan anything. He said, when we get there every morning, we're to come together in prayer and ask Him. Give Him our yes first. We can't hear what's going on first and then say yes. We give you our yes first. Tell us what you want to do. And that's what He's going to do. He's going to tell us every morning what we're going to do. Why? Because it's the very exercise of faith. That purchases that anointing. That literally purchases the power that he wants to give. So when you take communion, you're taking part in his body. You're taking part in his blood. Recognize, let me read again, starting at verse four. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. Verse five. But he was pierced. And just change it there. He was pierced for my transgressions. He was crushed for my iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought me peace. With his wounds, I am healed. You know, I, I've been doing communion every, just about every day now for a few weeks, and, and he's been teaching me what that means. What does that mean? When he says, by his, his stripes, we are healed, I think is what the King James says. That's what I, I had memorized. By his stripes, we are healed. That means that every one of those 39 lashes that dug into his skin that exposed organs, that brought immense pain, every single one of those went to purchase my life, my healing. You know what it went to purchase? Him doing His will in my life. It doesn't mean that it went to purchase anything I want. I want to be healed. I wanna I want to walk in this way, walk in that way. No, what he purchased was his will to be done. It goes back to Psalm 139, that book that he wrote for you. He literally purchased the application of that book for you if you just say yes. So I want you to take the wafer out. Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you for the gift of your son. You said in Isaiah 53 that it was your will for him to be crushed. And we know it wasn't because you wanted him hurt. But it it was because he gave you his yes. And you wanted that purchase of our lives so that we would be able to give you our yes so that we would be able to build a relationship with you so Jesus Jesus I picture in my mind right now every stripe that you took upon your back Every lash, every beating, and I take part in it by remembering it. And I will always remember it because it was used to pay for my life, to pay for my relationship with you, to pay to rip that veil between me and the Father, that I might have a relationship with Him. So I take this way for remembering your body that was beaten for me in Jesus' name. And open the cup. Likewise, I take the cup that represents your blood, the blood that was shed for me, the blood that covered me and covers me now that I might be seen by the Father. This is the blood that brought me into a family as an adopted son. I thank you, Jesus, for the blood that you shed. The blood that you shed in those beatings, the blood that you shed on the cross, the blood that was taken from you that brought your death. You have poured it over my life. And I thank you and I take part as I remember your blood. I take part in you in Jesus' name. It says every time you do this, do this in remembrance of him. See, what he wants is an active partnership. He wants an active partnership with you. So it requires us to know what he did for us. It requires us to remember what he did and the price that he paid. And there's nothing, there's no price on this earth that we should not be willing to pay To say yes to him. Let's pray. And then we'll end this podcast. And then we'll go on with prayer. Father we worship you and we praise you. We thank you Lord for your love. We thank you for your grace. Your mercy God. We thank you Lord that. All we have to worry about is saying yes. (laughs) It would be so much more stressful if we had put things together. And I just don't understand why the bride does that. It would be so much easier just to put it all on your shoulders, which is where you want it in the first place. And God, that's what we have done here at Ignition. That's what we will continue to do here at Ignition. We just say yes. We step forward in your your love and with our yes. Just trusting whatever you want to do with it. I pray, Lord, for each person here. Show them their pathway to that cliff. Show them their pathway to saying yes. No matter what the cost. No matter what the cost, God. Because no matter what cost we could pay, it would never come close to what your son paid for us. Not even close. Not anywhere close. We worship you. We worship you. We praise the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. In Jesus' precious name, amen.